0: Hey everybody out there, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my good buddy Seth Robinson. Seth. I'm here. Hey, how are you? I am great. I am happy that it's Friday. It's been
1: kind of a long week, and uh, it's going to be a very empty weekend, so this is
0: a good spot to be. Yeah, that's great when you have a really busy, hectic week, and then you know Friday comes and you know you can do nothing. Right. Nothing or whatever you please, I guess, on Saturday and Sunday. Well, that's good to hear. How you can you watch. Been? the You can watch the royal wedding, Seth. Oh, I don't know if I care about that very much. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> It'll be a big thing going on this weekend, though.
1: Oh, well, uh, we're both going to be out of the loop then.
0: Yes, we will. I'll have to get an update from somebody. I'm too busy watching the Celtics in the playoffs beating the Cavs. Mm. Yeah, it's very exciting here in my neck of the woods. I bet, yeah. It's uh, good for them.
1: It's, you know, for them to lose the players like that, and, you know, I kind of like that team. It's, it's, you know, I, I saw something today that said, like, everyone in America would like the Celtics if they weren't from Boston, which is kind of true. Like, I think they're a good team. There aren't people on there that you wouldn't like, but, you know, Boston has kind of had a bit of an embarrassment of riches over the past few years in the sports scene, so...
0: Oh, well, so sorry for that. Well, I mean, not nothing for
1: you to apologize for. It's just the truth. I was, it's factual. I was, just, I was being sarcastic,
0: but I understand. I understand. I suppose I would feel the same if some other city, region was uh, enjoyed the same success. But since it's where I live, I- I'm all good with it. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, so let's see what else is going on. We've had some uh, kind of tech-related news in the across the nation in the industry this this week.
1: Yeah, there have been a few things happening. Maybe we can just kind of hit some of those quick before we get to the main course today.
0: Sure. Uh, well, let's see. We have some net neutrality news. We can touch on that since we've done we've dedicated a volley to that. Um, I forget when we did that, but you know, last year sometime. Right. Yeah, we talked about it then, and
1: uh, basically what happened this week was the Senate um, passed a, a motion or a, a bill to kind of a stay of execution on on the FCC ruling. So, I I mean, I I don't know exactly where to land. I I guess it still has to go through the House. But, you know, the the bottom line is that it's kind of good to see that the net neutrality battle is still going on, that I, I think, you know, both sides are being heard, like we talked about on that previous podcast. I think it is really difficult to talk about what the correct regulations should be in this digital environment, because it looks different than what we had before, but there are a lot of people talking about this one. And so it's good to see that it's at least getting sort of the debate and the discussion that it deserves.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And I think, you know, the, the, with the exception of the cable companies and telecoms, I think the majority of the rest of the IT industry, um, would like to see net neutrality stay in place. Um, but, uh, but like you said, I think the fact that there's just at least a healthy debate and there's nothing that's been finalized yet is, is a good, is a good sign moving forward. So we'll see where it ends up. Yeah. Yeah. Another
1: one that had kind of two sides of the story was the elimination of the cybersecurity position in the White House. Uh, I'm sure you saw that one.
0: Oh, yeah, I did. Um, That is, you know, it's unclear to me how important that particular position is. But I will say this, and I think that Conti agrees with this. And there are others who agree with this as well, that maybe the optics of this don't look so good, um, given that Cybersecurity is so critically important. Um, it's it's almost as important or more today than almost physical security within this country. It's becoming you know something that could be you know a terrorism um, uh, issue. Um, it can influence elections. It can you know it's there are all kinds of implications there. So you know perhaps this posi- this position may have been redundant. It may not have been as important you know a, a key position. But coming from the White House, it. it anything related to cybersecurity that is eliminated I think perhaps just looks bad. Um, and again, uh, what I've read is that this position did though have some level of coordination among other cybersecurity positions within the administration within the government. And, uh, and so getting, eliminating that may also be seen as, as a negative in terms of just not having a general there that's coordinating efforts.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think that on the one hand, when they say that cybersecurity has become very ingrained in a lot of the other parts of national security, and so there's there's not a need for this, you know, this particular position, that's probably true. I'm sure it has become more ingrained, um, and and it's a good thing that it has has been. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think we see this in in businesses that you know are are they focused enough on security as much as they might talk about it you know, are they creating like a a CISO or something like that? Um, And I I think the same thing kind of applies here is as much as it's becoming a part of everyone's job, it's still probably big enough that it needs some level of of oversight and direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we'll see what the fallout or non-fallout will be from that. But yeah, two big things in the news this week, other than the royal wedding, as I mentioned before, which is... I so, had one
1: more for you, actually. Oh,
0: you do? Okay.
1: Did you hear Laurel or Yanni?
0: I heard both. Okay. Okay? So I and I think – I don't understand this, okay? And I don't even believe that I, I, I tried to, to, to participate in this. But the first time I, I listened, it was on my phone, and I heard Laurel. And the second time I tried, it was on my laptop, and I heard Yanny. Mm-hmm. Can you explain this to me? Yeah. So –
1: <laughs> uh, apparently, the sound file that got created had both words at like slightly different frequencies. And so depending on where you played it, uh, what the speakers were like, and you know apparently depending on you know who you are and you know maybe what your ears were kind of tuned into, you would have heard one or the other because they were actually both there. So this this to me, I saw everyone calling it an illusion and I feel like that's not right. Like an illusion is, is a thing that can be seen in two ways or that that plays a trick and this one was actually it wasn't a trick so much as it was just science right that the two things are both there um, and you are going to hear one or the other depending on the situation uh, it's not quite like the dress from you know a few years ago where it was one thing and people could either you know see it in both ways both things were there but yeah I heard I listened to it once on my laptop and heard laurel very clearly and was thinking, I don't even know what this is and then a few days later it came out that the, the sound file had been
0: created that way. So that's the scoop on that. Somebody has more time on their hands than <laughs> than, than we need. do. We, we yeah. have important podcasts to record so <laughs> exactly. Well we have important research to discuss today. Uh, your uh, your latest cloud study is uh, gone live today. is that right?
1: that's right it just went live today uh we're going to be kind of releasing it over the next week or so but uh yeah really happy to get that one out there
0: yeah that's exciting so i can't remember if we skipped it last year i think we did skip one right i think we did skip last year's because we
1: focused on uh overall it architecture well, and architecture true. planning and and we've done that in the past where i think there was a year that we skipped cloud to focus on digital organizations and both of those other studies have focused quite a bit on cloud, but it hasn't been the the sole focus like like this year's study is.
0: Yeah, well, I have read your report, and um, I think my key takeaway, and you know, I'll let you dive into some of the details, is that you know we've definitely seen a maturation here, and cloud is no longer it's no longer the the, the big shiny object, but is much more strategic now. It's much more pervasive across all types of companies, uh, size-wise and industry-wise. And it is kind of a foundational piece for all of the newer technologies that are emerging that we are, you know, all kind of go gaga about right now. So I guess key takeaway is you can't ignore cloud. It, it, it's almost like, you know, ignoring some basic piece of infrastructure that you just cannot do.
1: And, and you shouldn't underestimate it either. I, I think you you summed it up pretty well there that it, it, it's gone from this thing that, really used to be in the spotlight and everyone was talking about it and trying to figure out what to do with it and how to sell it and, and which applications were best there. Uh, and it, that's faded a little bit in, in favor of some other things. But that transition, as I described in the report, is really the transition from an emerging technology that has a lot of hype and people are trying to figure it out to an established technology, which is incredibly important because it is a foundational piece of what you're doing in your IT shop. Uh, and and that's, I think, the part where, especially in our circles, like when we're doing our research, when we're talking with other people that are trying to be on the cutting edge, uh, cloud, I think, has become less cutting edge. But it's the, the base has become that much broader, right? Everyone is using this or they should be. And I think the maturation is something that we were starting to look into in our previous cloud report, where we saw kind of this Um, level set of expectations. People were taking a little step back and doing a reality check around their definitions of cloud computing. And I think we've seen things continue to grow from there. But we're still at this interesting phase where in the early days of cloud computing, everyone was focused on doing a migration, which application should we move, which benefits are we getting, does it save us money? And I think now what we're seeing is people are beginning to say, because it's an emerging or uh, an established technology, it's part of our operations, it's part of our architecture, and what does that mean now? So how do we optimize this architecture? And I think that future state of having cloud ingrained in the architecture and having maybe you know 50% of all of your IT systems on some kind of cloud platform, that really drives a new form of operations and i think if you're focused you know too much on those early stages what you're really talking about is doing the same old it on a new model and what the later stages of cloud are really about is doing a new form of it Uh, and we i've talked before in digital organizations and on this podcast about the shift between tactical it and strategic it and cloud kind of bridges that gap and i think that's why it it was such an interesting topic for so many years, and I think it's why it's become so critical for a lot of IT professionals because uh, they are moving from having to worry about the tactics and having to worry about server maintenance and all of that stuff into using these systems without having to worry about those things and being more strategic with them. Uh, so it's it's a really interesting time, and I think it's important for people to not lose sight of how important cloud has become in modern enterprise technology
0: yeah you mentioned you know it pros today and how they have been basically in tactical mode with cloud and which app to move to the cloud and which workload to move to the cloud and how do you integrate this and that but uh you know part of what you found in this report is that now the IT role is, is more strategic, and it's real really more about optimizing the use of cloud, not what you do with it necessarily, but optimizing it for the for the digitization of your company, and and I think that the the good part of that, and I think you teased this out in the report too, is there were lots of IT pros out there who thought that you know moving to the cloud and perhaps moving completely to some cloud provider out there an Amazon, you know, an AWS or an Azure or something uh, meant that they had job insecurity. And what we're finding is the opposite. That's not what's happening.
1: Right. We, we see consistently that companies are holding on to their technical professionals because the appetite for technology has grown. I think we've talked about that before, that as you're moving to the cloud and, and you've got lines of business that are trying to spin up their own cloud applications and they're going out and procuring their own technology because it's become so much simpler to do, you're getting more and more technology in. So the challenge now isn't, I'm running my email, I'm running my CRM, and now those things are going to the cloud, and so I'm not going to run those anymore. It's now you've got email up there, you've got CRM, you might still have some things on-premise, you're Picking up a new, a few new cloud systems that you never had before because they've become simpler to pick up. And so now the puzzle that you're having to put together and, and the balls that you're having to juggle are much more complex. And so you, you become more strategic as an, as an IT professional. And you have to manage all of that and figure out how do we leverage some of these systems to go where we want to go as a business. Not so much what is the business telling me that I have to stand up as a system, but how do we use technology to drive forward uh, and to grow as a business or to reach into new geographies or to have a better remote workforce or whatever it might be. Those are the questions that are really being asked of IT functions rather than just keeping the lights on.
0: Right. And one of the things that interested me is the high percentage of companies that have done a secondary cloud migration um, so that's that's another factor here where th- that speaks to maturing is that they've worked with a certain provider and now are moved on mass. It sounds like it was almost like eight and ten, if I recall correctly, who have done some secondary cloud migration and and I'd imagine part of those a percentage of those folks have done more than more than a secondary. They've moved to a third, uh, which is which is interesting. And the level of difficulty of that, I, I, I'd imagine, um, is is something that is challenging for IT professionals as well as any third parties that they might use. I wonder if you can speak a little bit to that, to why these migrations are happening. Uh, or Is it just a shakeout of what cloud, which cloud providers are the best out there, or uh, is it security implications? I can imagine that's a big part of it as well.
1: That's a big part of it. And uh, this is where it gets a little bit tactical. So as you're looking at your full suite of applications that you use as, as a business, rather than just saying all of these applications run in this place, or a lot of these applications we want to keep on premise and the rest of them are okay with being in one cloud provider, companies are realizing that they can optimize this by saying this application will run best as a piece of software as a service out of this cloud provider. This application will run best If we use cloud infrastructure and it's hosted on top of that cloud infrastructure this application will run best on premises and so you've got all of these different models that are available to you and uh, like you said companies are probably moving from one to the other and and doing secondary and third migrations and whatever they're probably not also just moving the whole pile of their systems from one to another they're they're beginning to pick and choose and so this is where the complexity really comes in, that you, you're you running some things on-prem still. Maybe you are even building a private cloud. You might be going out to a cloud provider for software as a service. You might be using a cloud infrastructure. So you've got all of these different things that you're doing. And again, the like you said, the specialization there, you might need uh, different security. You might need to focus on the data. And you might not have all those skills in-house. And so you have to start looking for a third party. I was real interested to see what exactly that mix looked like. I think right now we still see a lot of companies that are fairly interested in going direct to a cloud vendor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we see a number of companies that are using a mix of cloud vendors and third parties. And I think that this is something that we've been talking about for a long time. You know, these third parties channel firms or technology influencers or digital marketers or whatever it might be, they really have to discover where their value lies. And and that's not so much even in the application, in providing the application or reselling it or providing managed service around it, but it's, it's moving to this future state of a multi-cloud environment where companies are trying to optimize and they're trying to use technology strategically what does value look like in that world? Because I think that world is very different from the previous world where distribution and reselling and managed service uh, held more value, I think, than it does today.
0: Yeah, no, that was an interesting part of the of the report for me is that, you know, being a, a managed services provider today that, uh, does not necessarily mean that your existing customers are going to look to you to be the engineer and, and, and management manager of their of their cloud services or their, their applications and their workflows in the in workloads in the cloud because they want to, they want somebody that has proven experience with cloud and not necessarily somebody that's been really good at monitoring their network for the last five years or whatever it is. And I think that's interesting. You you hit on a very key point that um, these third party providers are going to have to find um, innovative ways or new ways to fit in in this digital environment that provide value over and above what the cloud vendor can. Amazon cannot does just just does not have the wherewithal to be able to um, technically serve uh, and help optimize every individual customer's environment. It's just an impossibility. That's the whole reason that the indirect channel grew in the first place is that you know there just isn't enough footprint among uh, from a manufacturing standpoint manufacturer's standpoint to be able to cover all the needs of their customers. And I think what we what we find here is that, you know, the third-party providers know that that's the role they play. And as you said, the role's changing a little bit now about what value they add and how they can help out. And I think, you know, beyond managing these services for their customers, it's going to be more about how they help those customers uh, exploit those services, their, whatever they're using in the cloud to result in business outcomes that they're looking to achieve as an end customer, um, help them you know, with you know whatever it happens to be, if it's growing revenue or if it's cost saving or it's helping to optimize the marketing department and whatever it happens to be. And I think a lot of third-party providers are trying to figure that out right now. Right. I, I think
1: that whether it's an internal IT department or a third party, I think this challenge of being strategic is the same across both of those, that instead of... Providing a system that answers a a question that is is very finite, it's a little bit more open-ended. And it's, it's trying to figure out how to speak the language of the business and how to drive things forward, like I was saying, with the technology that's available today. And that doesn't always mean bringing in the absolute latest thing that's out there. Uh, again, a lot of these cloud systems are pretty well established, uh, and there's a lot of new tools that you can get from providers, and And the Amazons and the Microsofts of the world are creating new tools every day and making them available so that you can do more intricate things like data analysis or an IoT system or something like that. Um, but rather than just always pushing on that cutting edge, it has to be for a business purpose and, and and I think that that transition is one that I see um, a lot of companies still kind of struggling with and still trying to figure out exactly how do we use the technical expertise that we have or the technical expertise that we want to outsource uh, in order to drive us forward um, instead of just doing what we've always done in the past
0: yeah and I think it's it's it goes beyond technical um, expertise is uh, this the, the direction that we're moving in is um going to require so much business consulting uh, acumen as well. And I think that's a role for, that's a role certainly for third party providers to play is to become good at, um, at at being business consultants to help customers understand how to use their new infrastructure and their technology to, you know, further business outcome, be able to see things in that way, rather rather than seeing things as a technical problem, but seeing them as a business problem. And I think even internal IT departments are going to have to start thinking that way as well. At least have somebody in there, you know, within their, um, within their ecosystem that knows how to, to, to envision technology as a business tool. Right. Uh, And, and so, um, I think, it's 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 an interesting time for people who who grew up in a in a kind of a traditional or a legacy technology role, whether that's an internal role within a company or whether it's a third party role or whether it's even a vendor role. Uh, it's going to require. It's it's been going on, but it's 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 cloud and, and now with all the emerging technology we're seeing and the and the push toward automation, it's going to require a fairly heavy lift uh, on the human resources side to retrain and reskill.
1: Mm-hmm. And as much as I talked about emerging technology not being the thing that people have to focus on in order to drive a business forward, uh, it's obviously out there and there are a lot of people looking at the technology that's on the horizon and trying to figure out which ones make sense. And here again, I think, is where we can see that cloud has not just become a model for running applications, it's not just a new form of delivery, but because it is the new way of doing IT. It enables companies to do that exploration a little bit more because you've got these new tools from providers. You can explore things a little bit more without having to do those large upfront capital expenditure purchases. Um, And when you start trying to put all the pieces together and you're trying to automate uh, the processes that you have at your business because everything has become more digitized cloud helps with that as well. Uh, We saw that 41% of the companies that we talked to said that cloud has greatly enhanced their automation initiatives, and another 40% said that cloud has moderately enhanced their automation initiatives. So if you're a company out there that's trying to figure out how to run a little bit more lean, how to uh, reduce errors and make sure that things are running exactly the way they're supposed to, you're probably going to need to be leaning on cloud in order to do that, and and cloud software or cloud infrastructure in order to stitch together different pieces, uh, and use APIs in order to automate the things that you're that you're doing as a business.
0: Yeah, I mean, cloud can ultimately sort of be your sandbox for testing out a lot of these emerging technologies, and then and then figuring out how they best work within your environment, and then you move them to actual production within your environment. I I, I think think about five years from now, you know, are we even going to talk about cloud at all? Or is it just going to be like the internet, just this underlying underlying enabling technology for all the things that we're all hyped about today? Um, that's sort of where I see things going. Um, we'll have to do a research study about that then.
1: <laughs> I, had a, I had a presentation a few years ago that I thought was so clever. I think the title was The Case of the Disappearing Cloud. Um, and it might have been a little early, but I think we were starting to see hints of that in the research. And so I was playing that out a while. But I think at that time, people were still really dug in on like those first stages, still trying to migrate, figure out security, whatever. And it was, it was hard to imagine like this world where cloud was, like you say, it was just the infrastructure. You know, we weren't talking about, you know, cloud and non-cloud. And I, I think it will hang around a while because we've got these multi-cloud environments. And so I think it begins to matter a little bit what exactly the characteristics of a given environment are and why you would choose that one. Um, but I think as sort of a topic unto itself, I, I, I do think that it's going to fade. And that, that that's sort of why over the past couple of years, we've done studies on digital organizations or we've done studies on IT architecture uh, because we believe that that's where the conversation is going to land, that you're just you're talking about this more holistically rather yep. than focusing on what does a cloud migration look like.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Well for those of you who would like to dive into even more detail on this, the um, the new cloud study uh, authored by Seth is available now on CompTIA.org. Uh, so please go ahead and download that report and, and give it a read. It's great. And uh, I think that's it for us then today. Seth? Yeah. I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Well listen, have a great weekend doing nothing or watching the royal wedding. Mm. I'll probably watch some Celtics, um, okay. so
1: we can, we, we'll have that in common.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, you got to root for them for me, please, because it's the first game in Cleveland. I just have a bad feeling about Game Three, but I'm knocking on wood right now, so we'll see. Okay. Well. all right Good luck
1: to you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
0: Sounds good. Bye bye.